not everyone is destined for greatness. These are their stories. Welcome to Very Random Encounters, a show where we play pen and paper RPGs in which we've randomly determined as many things as possible, including characters, villains, names, places, and other hotsy totsy stuff. <laughs> it all comes together to be a very random encounter. I'm Greg. I'm Logan. And I'm Lee. Yay! We don't have Travis due to Canadian wildfires. Is that accurate? Is that? <laughs> yeah. I think they're going through a lot right now. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot. There's Canadian a lot going on. However, we have two very, very special guests that we are very, very excited to have from the Broadswords. We have Tracy and Victoria. Welcome! Hello! Hello, thank you. <laughs> Yay! Welcome to the show! Thank you. Hey, Tracy and Victoria, can you tell us a bit about the Broadswords? Because I don't know that all of our listeners know much about it. Yeah, we are a all women D and D actual play podcast. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sums it up pretty well. Super simple. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> Victoria is our DM, and I play the um, high elf bard Keela. Nice. This is our mini season, and we will be running City of Mists for this little mini season. And we are glad to have fellow podcasters from the amazing The Broadswords joining us. So. City of Mists is a Powered by the Apocalypse game, but pretty altered from that. It's very much about people living their normal everyday lives, but also are avatars for the fantastic. So creatures from fairy tale, myth, history, objects, those things have given them powers to affect the world. And so they all exist within the City of Mists. However, this City of Mists is an actual place called St. Paul, Minnesota, and it is set in 1923. The setting for this Minneapolis and St. Paul is because during the 20s and during the gangster era, St. Paul, Minnesota was known as a sanctuary city for mobsters. Mm. If everything was going too strong in Chicago or wherever they were doing business out of, they would flee to St. Paul and hide out here because the sheriff, John O'Connor, who was the sheriff at the beginning of the century, set up what was called the layover agreement for all criminal elements that decided to hang out in St. Paul. And there were three rules that they had to abide by. One, they had to report in to him every time they came into town. So any mobsters or criminals that came into town had to go to the sheriff's and basically register to say, hey, I'm here. Two, they had to pay a percentage of the money they made to the police force. <laughs> and three, they couldn't openly commit crime. So as long as it kept hidden, they wouldn't be in trouble. But if it sort of spilled out into the general populace, then the police would come down on them. As payment for this, the police force would tip off any mobsters who had registered that, hey, the FBI are coming to raid you or so-and-so's in town looking for you. And so the police actually gave them protection while they were hiding in St. Paul. And so that lasted from 1900 
1934. Oh, wow. And so St. Paul was known as the layover agreement and a sanctuary city for a ton of people. So like John Dillinger hid out here. Capone hid out here for a while. A lot of people hid out in St. Paul. And if you ever come to St. Paul, I can show you all of the stuff because it still exists today. <laughs> okay, so given that, we are in sort of the fantastical world of St. Paul, Minnesota, but that's some background. So before this, we've all made characters. Usually we have character creation on the show, but because it's a mini season, we don't have that kind of time. So Logan, if you want to introduce your character first. Sure. And then we'll just sort of go from there. Hey, I'm Dan Raymond, and my mythos is Ganon, like from Zelda. I am an investigative journalist, but I, what I'm investigating is restaurants and how good they are. Yeah, I, I could go into more details, but we'll just get into them as we go. Yep. That's the overview of Dan. I'm Valeria Raleigh. My mythos is Artemis, and I am an attorney. That's mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I'm going to be playing the character of Mia. My mythos is Navi, also from Zelda, which was a coincidence, we swear. And uh, I am a detective. Cool. I'm so excited about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's very exciting. I am playing Maddie McKinley. She is a member, I guess, of high society. She is a professional fencer. Oh, wow. I didn't. I missed that before. So you're like, uh, I don't know enough about 1923 to know what this actually is. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, insert 1923 reference here. Let, well, let's yeah. see. Was fencing part of the Olympics or anything? Fencing. I think it was. Olympics. I did check to see if there were female attorneys, and there were. Oh, who cares? We can rewrite history. We, uh, we have right. many times. And if if the uh, fencing thing doesn't turn up anything, well, oh. we can rewrite that too. Yeah, well, it it's uh, fencing has been part of every Summer Olympics since 1896. Oh yeah, Whoa. oh yeah. And the women's foil made its Olympic debut in Paris during the 1924 Olympics. So oh. I let's just say I am training to be the first. Yes, this is amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Quick rundown of character pronouns. Logan. He, him. Lee. She, her. Victoria. She, her. Tracy. She, her. Perfect. I have my notes. All right. (laughs) Uh, So given that we're all characters from wide backgrounds, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about how do you all know each other? Apart from the fact that mythos are are the only people that can see other mythos and are aware of them, as far as the normals are concerned when they look at you they see just your human representation so if you manifest in a different way like you know if dan is actually like more a giant pig a giant pig they would just see you (laughs) as a bigger hulking person who has like that slightly upturned nose but they would Mm -hmm. not see that manifestation does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yep all right so we have a journalist a detective olympic athlete and an attorney an attorney so how would you all know each other given the fact that saint paul at this point is a known haven of crime i think that uh mia and valeria being an attorney and a detective it makes sense that they would know each other at some point through work probably work Mm -hmm. together 
I also think that Mia and Maddie probably have some sort of acquaintance. Perhaps Maddie, I don't know, that's up to you, Victoria, but perhaps Maddie has hired Mia for a job or something along those lines. But I like to think, depending on uh, what you think, Logan, I like to think that Dan and Mia don't know each other yet. No, I don't don't think so either. I think maybe I know Maddie because... Since I write restaurants. about restaurants, yeah, I yeah, bet yeah, she's, I bet we've she's there. Uh, we've both sat at the chef's table. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think I'm probably in on that too. I definitely go to all the finest establishments and parties. Well, I was wondering, <laughs> maybe you could be like my family attorney. Mm-hmm. That too, Ooh. yeah, because I I run in those crowds. Tracy, I'm not sure if Maddie would hire a detective for anything because I think mm. Maddie's too self-absorbed to really care about what other people <laughs> are doing. That's fair. Do you think perhaps we have some sort of other personal acquaintance instead of a professional acquaintance? Why don't we just make it that Valeria's our... our oh, yeah, like, that works yeah, too. Like we maybe mutual abs- friends. Yeah, like mutual Valeria, friend. Yeah type of situation um we yeah. i got we've run into each other at the at valeria's office yeah i like it all right perfect okay so we know how everybody starts it so we're gonna cut into the game if everybody's ready mm-hmm. ready yep. ready all right so we are in a big pan out shot of 1923 saint paul Cars have not quite taken over, so the cable car system that runs between St. Paul and Minneapolis is still flourishing. People get around via the cable cars, and since it's August in Minnesota, it's unfortunately very hot and unfortunately very humid. And so as we pan into the city, we see people. It's after sunset, so it's getting dark out on the streets. Uh, People are heading home, but the more notorious parts of town are just beginning to awaken and come to life to serve the creatures who inhabit and frequent the night. And while the city is waking up, we focus in on a police car that has driven down close to the river in some sort of attempt to gain some relief from the heat, hoping that the rushing waters will at least provide a little bit of relief and cool air. And as they're driving along, uh, we see that Officer Charlie Johnson and Officer Joel Olson are just scanning the horizon when Charlie notices a shooting star and turns to his partner and goes, Oh, hey, did you see that? Look at shooting star. <laughs> and uh, Joe goes, ah, I didn't see nothing. Where? <laughs> and so as they both start scanning the sky, trying to see any sign of a shooting star, they are immediately drawn back to the river by a loud splash. And Joe looks at Charlie and goes, God damn it, somebody's dumping something in the river again. Come on. And he grabs a flashlight and gets out of the car. And as he clicks on the light and starts to shine up and down the banks of the river, they're both surprised that they see absolutely nobody on the shores. There's nobody around for as far as the light can see. And as they make their way to the side of the river, the flashlight sort of scanning up and down, both officers see exactly what was dumped into the river. Charlie goes pale, and Joe swears under his breath and looks at Charlie. Ugh, this is bad. Go get help. Dumbly, Charlie nods, stumbles backwards, runs to the car, fires it up, and tears off into the night. So, it's 11 o'clock on a Friday night. Where would everybody be? 
I'm at a gala. Okay. Me is at a bar having a couple drinks, maybe blowing up a, off a bit of steam after the work week. I'm at work. Okay. It'd be 11. I don't know. I am either at like the tail end of an opening, a new opening of a restaurant or writing up something in my office. Okay. So Mia, you're at a local bar. Do you go there often? Is this like a normal hangout? Oh yeah, it's it's a normal haunt for me. It's a Friday night event to go out and have a drink and, you know, scope out the scenery. All right. So while you're having a drink, a familiar figure rushes into the bar. Uh, it's a tall, thin man dressed in a police uniform that should look like it fits. I mean, it's been tailored to fit, but no matter how this person is, they always look like their uniform is just too big on them. And you recognize Officer Johnson, but what sort of makes you pause is just how pale he is. He looks somewhat terrified, and he quickly rushes to your side, and then catches his breath. Oh, I thought you'd be here. Okay, um, so, and he just quickly scans the bar, still trying to catch his breath. Spit it out, man. What is it? <sighs> um, uh, okay, let, uh, let, oh, shoot. I really need your help. I need, you know, I need something that only you and your and and you know your you know you helped us out in the past. You know you got your friends. Um, and, and I really need your help. I'm listening. <sighs> oh man, Mia, something bad's happened. Come down to the river. Gather your people. Get, gather who you think you need. But I can't talk about it here. But it's all gonna come clear if you come down to the river. All right, I'm coming. I'm coming. So, um, I realized. Thanks to Victoria that this would actually be in Prohibition. So instead of a bar, this would be more of a speakeasy. But uh, anyways, so Mia's going to slam down the last of her drink, put it down <laughs> on the bar, and follow Officer Johnson out the door. Okay. Uh, yeah, he pops open the police car and says, just, you know, where do you think your friend's out? Where, where do we need to go? I'll, I'll take you anywhere. Quick question. Is this, is this the point where I should be recruiting Valeria and Maddie? Yeah, probably. Because you do know that they have... That they are above and beyond normal people. Gotcha. Well, Johnson, uh, we should look for Valeria. She'll, uh, knowing her, she'll be at work. She never rests. And, um, Maddie. Maddie might be a good idea, too. If I were to have a guess, she's going to be at some fancy party. Uh, honestly, Valeria might know a little better than me. Uh, all right, all right. So, uh, oh, God. all right. So where's Valeria's office? It's on, uh, 50, 53rd and 4th. <laughs> so he pulls out quickly like floors it as much as they can and just tears out just narrowly missing an oncoming cable car you've never seen him drive this recklessly and within minutes he's pulled up outside of the the law offices of wherever wherever and valeria you can hear because cars aren't quiet you can hear this car pull up and screech outside Okay, I'm alone in the office, I'm sure, so I probably would, I assume I have a, a nice corner office with a view, so I look outside <laughs> and recognize that it's a police car, and I'll start heading out towards the door. All right, you see an officer, a, a real thin-looking officer, and you've probably run into them before, you recognize Officer Johnson. Yeah. Steps out, uh, and you can see that he's somewhat just shaking. And incredibly nervous. And then you also see uh, Mia in the car as well. Okay. Officer Johnson, I, I'm i assuming this is not personal business. Uh, yeah. 
uh, it, I, I need y'all to come. Uh, it's real bad. Uh, Mia said that you'd be working and we kind of need your help, I think. Okay, I am available. Where are we going? Yeah, uh, w I think there's a there's a big party on Summit Avenue. And I think uh, at least uh, I, probably your friend Maddie going to be there. So I think that's where we're heading next. Does that sound right, yes. Mia? There's a there's a gala downtown. Great. That sounds like her. Also, Evening Valeria, how you doing? Hey, Mia. And I'm going to tip my hat at her. I smile. The minute you get in the car, he throws it into gear and takes off. And it's the same sort of recklessness that Mia experienced before. And it's a, a bit of a wild ride as he tears through the streets. And then you quickly come up to a glorious mansion that has actually a number of cars outside, which just shows the vast amount of wealth that's probably at this party. And... Officer Johnson sort of slams the car and then stares at the both of you and then looks at the people like, I, I'm not, a, I can't go in there. I, I caused a scene. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I don't, I didn't think this through. Uh, what do we do? Leave it to me. I can go get her. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll just wait out here. M make it quick though. I stride confidently to the door and despite the protests of the door person, I waltz in and I go find Maddie. Yeah, so it's a, just a swarm of people. Everybody, every person with any amount of money is here. She's easy to find. She's the tallest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tall one with the golden hair with her, her champagne glass. Also, I'm a tracker. She can hide from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you have a small crowd of admirers around you. Oh, yes. I am definitely, I am talking and there is a lot of laughter. Uh, there, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, would-be suitors uh, standing around. Uh, but you, I don't seem to be responding to any of that. I'm just responding to the just the general adoration. <laughs> yeah, so you spot her surrounded by a bunch of people. So I, again, with my confident stride, I just part the crowd and walk up to her. Maddie, darling, how are you doing? Oh, Valeria, honey, excuse me. Can you hold this, please? And then I, I just give my, my champagne glass to some random person, and <laughs> I, I, I just breeze through them towards you and lean forward and give you a kiss on each cheek. I, um, I just sort of guide you by the elbow towards the door, and the whole time I'm making, like, just appropriate for a party conversation so everyone else is like oh they're talking or whatever but yep. i'm not really saying anything i'm just like guiding you to the door and then mm -hmm. as we get there i'm like officer johnson's outside there's been a problem mia's in the car as well i think we need to get to the river oh well i need let me get my stole charles <laughs> honey can you please get my stole i just have to pop out for a little bit five people run <laughs> and the person you asked actually after uh, seeming they seem a little disheveled because they perhaps fought over it a little bit brings it to you uh, thank you and i i give a little wink and i put this this fox fur stole over my shoulders and i glide out the door as you both leave you get the sense that the party sort of lulls for a moment absorbing the exit and then slowly <laughs> comes back to life uh, and then you can see a tall, thin, 
officer standing by a police car, clearly shaken, and as you two are walking out, looks to the group. Is this everybody? Is there anybody else that we need? What if, Logan, you're actually walking from your the restaurant that you were at mm-hmm. to your office, and as we're driving, like we see you, and I'm like, oh, yes, let's <laughs> grab Dan. Yeah, I just look up. Hmm? Yeah, so once you're in the car and he's driving, crazy. So, Dan, you're walking down the street after finishing off <laughs> a meal. It was not your favorite. Of course not. No, this is this is not even getting getting attention no. in, the, in the column. And you're sort of contemplating ways you can subtly tear them apart in your column. <laughs> a police car zips past you and then suddenly slams on the brakes and comes to a screeching halt about 10 feet away from you. I lean my head out. Dan, darling, we need to go. Come on. Oh, hey, Valeria. Uh, sure. I don't have anything going on. What? What is this? I'm not sure, but it seems important. Hop in. Yeah, I, I, all that conversation was going on while I hopped in. Okay. This is, this is kind of a crowded car at this point, right? How yeah. many of us are in the part where we can't get out? <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't much of a thing back in 1923. It was a Model T. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I'm assuming Maddie's in the front. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I am not squeezed in the back with the riffraff. <laughs> so, wait, am I... That means I'm sitting right next to Mia then, right? Yeah, I think that we're probably squished in together in the back. Yeah. With Valeria. I turn around and I'm like, huh, do do I know you? Uh, Mia, this is Dan. Dan, this is Mia. She's a detective. Uh. Charmed, I'm sure. Maybe I've seen you on a out in the field or something, but I just hmm. what'd you say your name was again? Dan. 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 Dan, and then my last name is Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> He's a journalist. Not, not the most uh, distinctive name I've ever heard. Um, let's let's sit on this one. And shortly after you're puzzling that out, you are thrust <laughs> backwards as he slams on the brake, and Officer Johnson tears back down towards the river. You quickly pull up to where he left off, and the headlights shine upon another officer that you're familiar with, Joe Olson. Joe is a much heftier, stockier man, whereas Charlie never looks like he can fill out his suit. Joe always looks, even though it's tailored, he always just seems uncomfortably stuffed into everything that he wears. (laughs) And he looks over at the group as you get out of the car and then looks to Charlie. I said, get help. Who are these? And Charlie's like, no, 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 no. I've worked with them before. They can help. They can help. And you see that at the foot of Officer Olson are two bodies. Soaking wet, Officer Olson's clearly had to wade out into the river and pull them to the shore. And they're just splayed out on the ground. And Charlie looks and says, this is what I was talking about. Whoa. What's the moon situation like? It is a full moon tonight. Nice. <laughs> okay. Mia's going to immediately crouch down next to the bodies. And um, can I perhaps use my detective work to see if I notice anything about why they might have died? Whether it was, you know, drowning or something before drowning? Absolutely. You get to make the first roll. <gasps> Hooray! So you can make an investigate roll. So it's 2d6 <laughs> plus whatever power tags you think will apply. Hmm. I think perhaps impenetrable mind might apply. Okay. 
Oh, wait. So I rolled a six, but that would be plus one for seven. Okay. So you find basically one clue. So one clue allows you to ask me one question about what you find while examining. So are you examining the bodies? Yes. Okay. So you can ask a question. How did they die? So you examine the body and you notice both of them died in the exact same way. But it's weird. It's clear that they there's a large pierce wound right where their heart would be. But it's also as if that wound burned because there's a large burn pattern. And like the clothing and everything around the wound has been burnt away and charred. And so you sort of touch it and your fingers come away black with ash. Do any of y'all know any sort of weapons that may be... Um... Pokey fiery sticks. <laughs> They've been stabbed with a lightsaber? They look like they were stabbed, but also burned. So I'm thinking some sort of pokey fiery stick. <laughs> <laughs> An iron poker? A fire poker? One that's nice and hot. <sighs> this is disgusting. And I tiptoe my way down the bank because I'm in heels and it's like <laughs> a tight, like mermaid style uh, evening gown full of sequins. And I... I kind of stumble a little bit, but I get my footing and I go down there and I look down at them. Do I recognize them? Are they male? Are they female? Are they even human? They're both I, male. Like, I, I don't know anything about them. Okay. One is clearly in a uh, police officer's uniform and the other is in a cheap looking suit, but you don't recognize them. You've not seen them before. I wouldn't be caught dead with someone in that suit. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to investigate more, you can also make an investigate check. No, I'm fine from back here, thanks. <laughs> this is gross. Um, well, no, 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 that's that's not true. Um, I am going to because I, I am quite good with with stabby things. I would like to crouch down next to Nia and Mia and examine that. See. If I recognize the the shape of the wound, okay. Um, what kind of if it was a sword, what kind of sword, that that sort of thing. Yep. So I, I guess that would be my training in athletics as a fencer. Mm -hmm. Now, so for adding things to this, so I get my two d six, and then I get plus one because of my training. Yep. And any other tags that you think would also apply. So if you have any other of your power tags, you think any of your other powers would come into play, you can add those. Well, my one power tag of sword fighting and my other power tag of I have a sword. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, plus two for sure. You're very familiar with the various types of swords. Okay. So that's an eight. So it's hard to tell. And so because it's an eight, you'll get one question. But you do know that you can tell just by the width of the wound that it probably was a long sword. Okay. So for my question, mm -hmm. do I know of anyone or anything that has a flaming long sword? Only in myth. Oh. Yeah. And as you sort of think about it, the only thing you can come up with are angels? Hmm. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at VREcast or check out our website at VRE.show.
Follow Lee playing Valyria and Artemis at Yosef Bridge. Follow Logan, that's me, playing Dan slash Ganon at Logan Jenkins. You can follow Greg, who's playing every NPC at White Wing. And super special thanks to our guests in this mini arc. You can follow Victoria, who's playing Maddie and Queen Guinevere at Mimi Merlot or Dice for Brains on Twitter. You can follow Tracy playing Mia and Navi at Tracy Sar, and both of our amazing guests can be found anywhere at the Broadswords. Our email is hi at vre.show if you want to contact us, and we have a Patreon now. If you want to support us, check that out at patreon.com slash vre. Thank you so much to all of our patrons. You keep us going. If you can't support us on Patreon, that's cool, but uh, some free ways to help us out are to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or just tell a friend about the show because word of mouth is a great way for others to find us. We started a Discord recently, and you can find that on our pinned thread on Twitter. The link to that. All right, see you next week. Easter egg, Easter egg, no one said a goofy thing that I didn't just leave inside this episode. So you know that I gotta make up this thing to put at the end of the episode.